Howdy, and welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where we talk all things hunting and introduce you to the most innovative hunting gear and services. Here are your hosts, Jimmy Byrne and Richard Kinchlow. Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the Feed Bandit Podcast. We're happy to have you join us on this episode, and I'm joined uh, in studio, so to speak, uh, by Richard. <laughs> Hola, amigo. I heard you kind of grunt at that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the reason why I, I'm grunting is because we had a lease all signed up for the Feed Bandit Podcast Studio, oh, yeah, yeah. and then we realized we didn't have any money, and, <laughs> and so we had to cancel that. Yeah, the, the realtor was pissed. It was so, awful. But, yeah, evidently, you know, your own studio actually costs a lot of money. So that's, that's right. Uh, that's right. So we said, ah, we'll just kind of stick it out in, in in my barn and in your uh, your home it, office for now. Yeah, and, in my in my in my playroom. Right? Playroom. Right now, if the power, it's funny enough, if the power goes off, not only will this podcast be kaput, but I will never get out of here without damaging the bottom of my feet. (laughs) Toys and stuff. Oh, oh, and they're not just, they're not just soft little plush toys. We're talking small figurines. You know, those ones that get you right at the ball of your foot uh, and then make you want to scream obscenities. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Well, you know, uh, my son, Jeb, he he uh, loves uh, Hot Wheels, and we have uh, probably a hundred of them in our house. And they, yeah. uh, they somehow they find their way to the most advantageous spot or the most trafficked like, oh, yeah. path- pathways through the house. So, Oh, yeah. You know, now, are those your Hot Wheels? Yeah, they are, uh, about probably 90% of them are the or Hot Wheels from when I, when you know, when I, we were, well, when we were growing up, the ones that I played with. So oh, it's sure. it's awesome because I'll. I remember them, some of yeah. them, you know, and yeah, I'll be yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. man, I remember playing with this one, and I'll turn it over, you know, on the bottom, it'll say the date that it right. was made or whatever. There, we have so many that are like 82, 83, uh, 87. Now, those aren't the, the yeah. lead-based paint ones, are they? Oh, I have not, I, I, I guess. I don't know, but they're, 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 <laughs> they, they probably, probably are. I mean, the walls. <laughs> <laughs> but they are, you know, solid metal, not, oh, unlike yeah. the plastic oh, ones, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, kind of made. they're actually built to last. Now, th- does he have any of the ones that have got the the doors that you press it and that it's all it looks all dented in? Oh you know, yeah, like it, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, we got some awesome. with the side door that's dented, some in the front that's dented, some in the back. Oh, end that's, that's so cool! <laughs> all right, well, when I come over next, I'll have to play with them. Oh yeah. heck yeah! And I even have two. I even have two General Lees. Do you really? Yes. Um, well, I'm I'm assuming that you know to prevent your son from being a racist, you 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 painted over the rebel battle flag on top of it. Well, unfortunately, I think play and time has uh, kind of chipped away all the paint. Right, right, right. From anyway. Well, well, uh, thank God, because we don't want you growing up to be a racist. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, oh, and I have a Boss Hog uh, Cadillac too. Do you really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorrel Brooks. I'm like, what's his name? What a great name. That was greatness. I love but, that show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's cool to see him playing with my old toys, you know. Very cool. And, and I didn't keep them. My mom had, had kept them, you know, all these years. Yeah. Oh. A big bin in the garage and well, run over this trash bag full of... Uh, right. of uh, Here you go. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, Awesome. Well, speaking of kids, uh, yes. what, are we ta- what are we talking about today, Dad? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, kids are a big thing that we, you know, talk about here, getting kids involved in in the sport. You know, it's very, you know, we think it's very important, you know, to uh, 
always introduce you know uh, kids as much as possible to hunting get you know if you can get their friends involved and all that you know because you got to pass on what you know not just to keep the knowledge going but also to keep you know the protection of the sport going you know you got you know right. if, if there's a lot of uh you know forces out there that don't understand hunting and what it means right. and what, you know what the benefits are and this that and the other that kind of want to that think very shallowly and you know think of oh you're just shooting innocent bambi you know things of that nature right. so there's a lot of important reasons why to keep you know keep this sport going other than the fact that it's really fun yep. and I ran across an article here on uh, Realtree.com that yeah. uh, was very interesting, kind of got me thinking, or I thought it was something maybe that we could kind of walk through here on this podcast, Yeah, talking about that very subject. And the title of it is Seven Reasons Why Kids Aren't Deer Hunting. You know, of course, that that title kind of got my, my eyes perked up a little bit, oh, my yeah. ears perked up. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Well, where are they going with this? Because I've never really done the research into you know, hunter numbers over a longer period of time. So right. the first part of this kind of goes into that, and then they go into the reasons. So I don't know. I figured we'd just kind of walk through the article, and uh, yeah. we can just kind of, you know, comment on it as we go, you know, just, you know, just jump in on things that kind of kind of interest you. But I'm going to – I'm going to read – I'm not going to read probably everything in order, but there are some interesting sections that I want to read uh, sure. and we'll just talk about. But uh, – the article starts out that uh, you know there aren't enough young hunters to replace those who are aging out aging out of the sport. But why? The answers may not might not be what you think. Okay, well, so it goes on to say that uh, we've lost more than 18 million hunters since 1982. I thought that was when I read that I was like, oh my god, 18 million. That's that's ridiculous. That's crazy. And they go on to say that there is a decline of 2.2 million active hunters from 2011 to 2016 alone. So over those five years, mm. um, you know, they, they talk about, you know, some of the reasons that might be obvious, what may or may not be obvious, uh, such as, you know, less available hunting land, aging right. hunting population, and a, just a general shift from rural to urban living. Right. But, uh, you know, it, it's pretty crazy that over five years we've lost two million hunters. And basically what they're saying is there's not enough new and young hunters to replace the hunters that are that we're losing. You know, obviously, the, if you have a net two million loss, obviously there's not enough. Right. Uh, th while there are a lot of programs out there that kind of promote hunting, um, the fear is that a lot of young hunters aren't sticking with it. So right. essentially what they're asking is, why not? And uh, the first one that they talk about is what was just mentioned. Uh, they say, well, there's nowhere to go. Uh, <clears throat> I'll read this and we can talk about it. They say, the days of knocking on doors and getting permission to hunt may not be dead, but they are on a definite downhill slide. Uh, incre increasing population, corporate farming, replacing family farms, and increased leasing and outfitting in popular hunting areas have all made it harder to find a place to hunt today than it was 30 years ago. So I think I thought, I thought, you know, I mean, if you think about it, that kind of makes sense, I guess, you know, uh, yeah. urban sprawl, people moving in, oh, moving out of the small towns into the big cities, you know, and, and I guess, you know, this, like they say, the corporate farming, buying up all this right. land, right. you know, it's uh, they don't really have maybe as much of an interest in trying to get or lease land to hunters. Some do. I mean, obviously, right. some corporations do that, but evidently. There's a trend kind of going against that to where a lot of people, they just 
don't have access to land. Right, right, we're, right. We're lucky. Yeah, I remember. Do, I remember. So in, yeah, I, I remember in high or high school in in college. So this would have been you know two thousand. 2001 2002 you know in 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 lubbock lubbock texas you know we could we would uh, a couple like a week before dove season we we'd slick our hair back and we would get in the pickup as one of our good buddies would say and we would uh we'd we we'd find a dove and the dove would fly east we would drive east and we'd just get barely outside of lubbock and we would start knocking on farmers doors and uh, I, I remember, you know, saying hi, you know, introducing myself, and we'd like to hunt your land. And, and nine out of ten times, he'd be like, "Yeah, go ahead. Just make sure you keep my gates locked and pick up your holes," which is <laughs> holes, another word for shotgun shells. Um, and, and and we would do it. And you know, kind of the rumors I hear nowadays in Lubbock is, you know, it, it, there's still still definitely places that in areas where you can do that, but it's a heck of a lot less. And it's because a lot of the outfitters have have bought them up, and it's all about the money, you know. And the, you know, the out these uh, these outfitters are paying these farmers, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to hunt. So no, I, I definitely think that land availability is is a problem. Um, you know, that being said, you know, Texas is really one of the only states. Um, really only one of the states that that's almost 99 i think it's like 99 percent private mm-hmm. you know whereas the rest of the country is 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 the basically the exact opposite it's all public land uh obviously it's a lot more difficult on public land there's a lot more work involved and uh um so i, I don't know i don't and know maybe, maybe just our cultures doesn't like work too much and maybe that's well, part of it <laughs> i mean i mean let's 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 be let's be honest dude i mean that's that's kind of one of the trends you know uh yeah, and, yeah. and believe me i would love just to sit back and have it come to me but we know it doesn't do that yeah. but unfortunately there's a lot of people in this world that believe that you know mm-hmm. and uh and yeah public land is is not easy um incredibly rewarding incredibly rewarding but uh but definitely you know you, you can't just you know, park your truck, walk in there two feet, and be and be guaranteed guaranteed a deer or right. guaranteed ducks. You know, so I, I definitely think the effort, uh, you know, and desire and drive has something to do with it. M- much mm. like it just in everyday life. Right, right. It's pretty crazy. Uh, the se- you know the second one that they go on here that I would never have thought of, but it, it's interesting. Makes sense in a way. Is a uh, divorce. And their their uh, angle on this one is, you know, with the they claim. I guess this is true. I don't know. I really looked into the statistics, but they say recent recent statistics show that almost fifty percent of marriages will end in divorce or separation. Wow. So, and a lot of the times, in in those kind of marriages, you know, one of the spouse is a hunter. A lot of times, it's the the father or whatnot. And then a lot of times in those situations, the children end up living full time with the mother, you know, and, but go to visit the father. So when that situation happens, uh, you know, they don't have access all the time to be with the father while the father's hunting. So they don't have that exposure, that constant kind of exposure, uh, you know, that, that they would have otherwise, uh, being with their father all the time. Right. 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 So I was like, wow. I mean, that's that's really interesting. <laughs> Something to think about there, you know. Yeah, that that is interesting, especially you know, given today, um, you know, if you watch any of the hunting shows, um, I mean, really in the past ten years, 
you know, it shifted from the kind of the, the, uh, the, you know, the um, celebrity hunting pros, you know, used to be, you know, I mean, 100% male. Every one of them you know, were male. And now, I mean, it, it's damn near 50-50. A lot of the husband-wife combinations, too. So, you know, females, which is fantastic, females are really starting to get involved. They're starting to get in there. They're starting to get involved in hunting, you know. I mean, all uh, all rifles come with a shade of pink now. You know, bows come with a shade of pink. You right. know, they're actually making, there's actually the camo, camo companies for females. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which which I think is freaking fantastic. I mean, Genius. you know, here I am with my two girls trying to help that statistic. I, I think it's fantastic. So, um you know, so hopefully, maybe that'd be on on, on the uh, reverse. You know, yeah, so. oh, I, I I would definitely think so. Uh, but but then again, you know, I, I you know, what what are the statistics on, you know, divorcee, you know, moms that that take their kids hunting? God, I would love to see that. Yeah, that you know, can you can you count them on one hand? I mean, I doubt it. I hope not. Right. Uh, but you know, that's yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that one either. Yeah. Hey, hold on one second. Hey folks, do you want to level up your hunting game and gear? If so, join the hunt to get killer hunting tips and tricks that'll help you out in the field. Text the word BANDIT to 345-345 right now. And when you do, you'll even get access to some exclusive deals on the hunting gear and services we discuss right here on this podcast. Again, text the word BANDIT to 345-345 right now and join the hunt. So the third one they have here is is one that Boy, you, I can see this all over the place. Uh, it may not be the one you're thinking of yet. That's number four. We'll get there. <laughs> but number three is just busy schedules. So right. they're, essentially what they're saying is, you know, other than you know, school sports right. typically or maybe the band or something like that back in the day, right. you know, there, there wasn't a lot of outside of school type of activities available mm-hmm. where – and, and especially at the same time when the more people lived in more rural areas. So the, right. all there was was to do – not all there was, but a lot of to do then was to hunt. Whereas right. now, going back to the uh, – what we talked about a little bit previous, uh, people moving into more urban areas together, that's given rise to uh, all these extracurricular kind of activities, you know, right. art, dance, music, computer, right. pro, computer part-time jobs, all this stuff. Yeah. That a lot of young people just didn't wasn't available necessarily to them right. back in back in the day, you know. So just right. so many things on their calendar, you know, going. Go. I mean, you you know, you got soccer and all that stuff. Yep. With all we got our friends with kids older like that now have right. football and soccer and right. football or whatever, you know, that just mm-hmm. go on the weekends, <laughs> you know. Right. So it's uh, right. It's, yeah, no, and, and I, I can definitely see that as a you know as a as a contributing factor to the decline. Um, however, however, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, hunting is a lifestyle. It's not really even the sport. You know, it's a way of life, and uh, you know you've got to you've got to make choices. Okay, all right, sure, yeah. If if you're if you're playing high school football or high school volleyball, yeah, okay. Guess what? For four years, yeah. Yeah, you're you're probably not going to be able to go out, you know, and hunt on the weekends, and that's a sacrifice, and, and you do it, you know. But you know, I look at my girls, you know, eight and four. Uh, those little girls, they love playing soccer. You know, they love playing volleyball. But guess what? They love being out there in that duck blind with me, freezing their little booties off. Why I don't know, uh, but it's adorable, and, and they they can't wait to do it, and that just means the world to me. 
50,000 times over. So, you know, me as a, as a parent, I've got to make it a priority to make sure that I get my children out there, get them exposed, you know, and hey, guess what? If they miss a couple of uh, soccer games, I, get, I don't care. All right, yeah. I do not care because, uh, you know, as as a steward of the land, as a defender of the hunting lifestyle, I've got to get my kids motivated and act, you know, active in, in this in this lifestyle. I've got to build memories. Mm-hmm. If I can build enough memories with my children uh, in their minds, I will have just added more cement to the wall that's going to protect our hunting rights into the future. Did yeah. you hear the crowd? You're right. <laughs> Vote for Kinchlow. Right. Well, I think, well, I think you, uh, you touched on something uh, right when you started commenting on this one. And you said, yeah, bantering. And you, you said that hunting is really kind of not, it is a sport, but it's not. It's more of a right. lifestyle. Right. Than just a you know a weekend sport or whatever. It's uh there's because there's so much that goes right. on it goes into it. There's right. so much you know there's so much more you need to do throughout the entire year, yep. not just during you know the hunting season or whatnot, which right. lends itself to being a lifestyle. And I think maybe that's maybe this one's on here because a lot of people kind of lost sight of that of that kind of fact. You know that's become uh, yeah. more thought yeah. thought of as more of a sport that rather than yeah no this is a year round lifestyle. Right. That you have to fit into your schedule, and maybe other things fit around it. Yeah, you know, to oh, truly, for sure. To truly do what you need to do, you know. For sure, it, it, it's like with everything in this world. You you've just got to have balance. You know, you you can't go out there and eat Mexican food every single day. If you do that, you will be. You'll Although be my wife would love to do that. Oh <laughs> yeah, God, I don't blame her. I eat Chinese every single day until I popped. I would. I would um, probably go Thai food or, or cheeseburgers every day. Yeah, I can do cheeseburgers too. But <laughs> you know, but the, the point is, obviously, if you do that every single day, you're going to die. You you've got to have you've got to have some sort of balance. But you know, I, I'd also say one of the most you know one of the really important things about about getting those kids out there, making the outdoor lifestyle. When we say out, well, we're not just talking hunting. We're talking fishing. You know, we're talking outdoor survival, whatever right, whatever it may be, is is to have an appreciation for history. You know, right? You know, it seems like this day and age, all these idiots in this, and that that you know, some of these idiots, I should say, in this country, are trying to, you know, trying to erase history as if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know what? There's a lot of folks out there like myself that are trying to learn from history and appreciate, you know, what what my great grandfather had to do. You know, when he grew up, when he grew up hunting and all that. You know, uh, when, maybe when they hunted for food, and and to be able to teach that. And to be able to, you know, so many people take, you know, so many adults take advantage of the fact that, you know, you got your pork, you got your 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 uh, cucumber, and you got your glass of water, you know, that you can just get that so quickly now. Mm-hmm. I, I think the outdoor lifestyle hunting in particular, you know, really um, really puts value on the fact that hey, you know, you 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 know, you 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 outwitted this game animal, you harvested this game animal, you cleaned it, now you're cooking it. Uh, and you're having a conversation at the table, I and mean, that's the full, the full thing right there. You know, the, the full cycle. Uh, it really is. It really is. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the fourth thing here, and this one makes total sense, as we lament about this a lot. Uh, it's the woods don't have Wi-Fi. So. <laughs> oh God. So now, granted, you and I grew up. You know. It, Around when uh, the original Nintendo came out, right? Uh, yeah, eighty-five or so. And 
Atari, of course, you know, yep. Sega, all those things. They Sega. came out. Yeah. But, but even still, you know, of course there was no internet. But even yeah. still, you know, we loved playing those things, but we still lived outside all the time. Right. right. You know, our, uh, you know it, our entertainment was the outdoors, right? Yep. I mean, sticks. Uh, yeah, sticks, you know, uh, thorns, thorns, poison yeah. ivy, you know, all oh, the yeah. good stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Creaking. That's right. Yeah, creaking. But now, I mean, kids, you know, they're, it, 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 the article makes the point that now generations now are growing up from day one, uh, know, you know, only knowing the Internet, only knowing right. the iPad right. or the yeah. iPhone, yeah. you know, those type of things where, you know, it's it's just it's now it's just like totally different. What's all the things that are being like. Right. shown and what, all that things that they can do other than just right. going outside, you know, staying in the AC, right. you know, and those types. Right. So uh, it makes the point that, you know, kids, because of that, you know, they just don't see any reason to go out into the woods. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot, personally, I think a lot of it has to do with parenting. No, no question. Um, Which yeah, they don't make that fact, kind of point in here. And I, I, that's a, when I finished yeah. that section, I was like, well, I mean, that's all parenting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am at, and this is an official announcement. I haven't told you this, but uh, I am opening my own business, and it's going to be kicking parents' ass 101. <laughs> sure. Because there, the parents are the reason why some of these children these days are just turds. I mean, turds in a half. All right, you know, four year old doesn't come out evil, okay? Unless you believe in the whole omen thing, six six six, the devil, all that kind of stuff. Okay, no, they're 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 created by bad parenting. Um, one of the worst things that a parent can do to their children or to the children that they have influence over is not teach them how to have an imagination. You know, that, that's, that is one thing that, that we were taught and we don't remember it. Okay. But you know, we were taught how to play, you know, GI Joe's cars, micro machines, whatever it may be. Right. You know, we were taught to go outside and play and all that kind of stuff. This day and age, you know, we're, it's just so much easier to throw them in front of an iPad. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that we made sure that we did with our girls is is, is have an imagination. And I'm sitting there staring at all these these this gigantic Barbie house that's almost as tall as me. And um, you know, they uh, our girls our girls play with this this kind of stuff. And you know, yeah, they love the iPad. And yeah, they they do play on it. And yeah, we do give them X amount of time per day on. It. Sometimes they go over and they get iPray brain and they turn to turds. And then we have to flush the turdisms. You know, we have to get that. We have to take care of that problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's it's all about parenting. You know, and and if the parents would, you know, show them, hey, you know what? Sure, yeah. Uh, maybe on this hunting trip, you're not going to see all kinds of, <clears throat> excuse me, bells and whistles and shiny things and high scores. But you're going to get to have a, a flock of ducks land over you, and they're going to sound like a freaking airplane. And that's not something that you can see on a YouTube video. It's got to be something that you experience. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to show. I'm going to sit out there and I'm going to show you in a deer blind. We're, we're going to sit there in a deer blind. We're going to watch a turkey uh, gobble at ten yards. Okay? Right. That's not something that you get on an iPad or you know with of a YouTube video. That's nature. That's the power of nature. And, and there is nothing in this world more powerful than nature man has come up with some really really cool stuff but it doesn't hold a candle to what nature does um and I, actually, I actually can't take credit for that i believe that was mr <laughs> jeff i think that was mr jeff foxworthy that said something of that nature but he's right he, yeah. he is he is absolutely right so it comes down to parenting 
my opinion. That's why I agree with you on that semi, one. I feel semi-strong about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this next one's going to maybe get you a little worked up as well. <laughs> Imagine. God bless me. Get more water. Hey, hold on. One quick moment. Hey, folks. Have you ever wished that there was an easier way to find the hunting feed, supplies, and services you need when and where you need them? If so, check out our hunter search at feedbandit.com where you can see what hunting suppliers are in your area or are on the way to your land. Don't waste any more precious time searching Google or calling around for feed, blinds, feeders, or even outfitters. Just use our targeted search for hunters, the Feed Bandit Hunter Search, over at feedbandit.com. We'll find your feed. <laughs> uh, so this one is called, uh, the next reason is negative peer pressure. Oh, so I'm going to read this whole section all the way through. And then yeah, well, okay. It's just two paragraphs. Oh, it says, uh, social media has given these small groups of anti-hunters a big voice. It says, you might remember, it says, Texas cheerleader Kendall Jones. Was she a t- Texas cheerleader? Yeah, she, no, she was the Texas Tech. That's crazy. That's, that's, uh, we just we, says follow, Texas we follow her. Uh, okay, oh, well, well, that's wrong. This article is incorrect. Right. <laughs> well, anyway, so you might remember uh, former Red Raider Kendall, Kendall Jones, who's Photos of her legally taking, taken big game animals sparked coordinated online attacks and death threats. That same pressure happens on a smaller scale in high schools and on social media pages throughout the country. Rural areas are generally more accepting of hunting than urban ones, but young hunters can face a severe social backlash over hunting regardless of where they go to school. <sighs> oh, yeah. I yeah. get the whole peer pressure thing, but, you know, like, when you're older now, you know, it, it's so easy to say, like, just tell them to, you know, what off, you know, or, oh, yeah, you know, and, sure. or and stand up for yourself and tell them, for you know, sure. just da, da, da. but you got to imagine, you know, you know, remember when you're back yep. in junior high oh, and yeah, high school sure. and all that. I mean, the peer pressure, I think that's true. It's unfortunate that that's true. Doesn't right. mean people should give in to it because it's right. true. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's BS that is there. And yep. that goes also to parenting, I think, though, to prepare your kids for, oh, hey, you know, thank you, thank you. You know, feel free to share this and everything. Absolutely. But no. if someone says something to you, you know, educate them or just ignore them. Don't let it exactly. bother you. Try to, you, exactly. You can't let it bother you because they're ignorant. You know, exactly. they don't know. They don't know of which they speak, of what they speak. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, or whatever you need to say. But right. you got to, I, I think now, unfortunately, as parents, we're obligated to kind of, you know, prepare. Just like we oh, do yeah. for kids in general while oh, you're yeah. preparing them for life. But at the same time, you prepare them for this. This uh, just BS stuff from the SJW yep. social media and all this stuff that's now yeah. that now Idiot. exists, you know. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And again, this this all comes down to parenting. Um, you know, you you are you got to think about your children as an extension of you, but you know, again, they're also the future, uh, and you've got to prepare them. Um, you've got to have some of these uncomfortable conversations, not only about you know about hunting and life in general, but, you know, about drugs and all that kind of stuff. You, you've got to have these conversations with your kids. You can't just assume that they're going to go out there and just instinctively, oh, well, gosh, I guess he's just an idiot, so I'm not going to talk to him. No, you, you've got to help him. You've got to give them strategies. You know, mm-hmm. they, they are no different than a, a football team. You've got to coach them up. Um, so I, I completely agree with you. Um, and it's funny, a lot of the, um, the anti hunting stuff out there, it just comes from ignorance. You know, and the other thing is, got too much freaking time on their hands. Yeah. Uh, so why don't true. you go and worry about yourself? And exactly. which is really funny, 
which is really funny. A lot of the people that are, are spewing hate about hunting are also these non-GMO organic guys and girls out there. You know, we'll talk about more. What's more organic than you know a deer eating on the you know munching on some acorns? And you know, is, I I told <laughs> that mm-hmm. is the one of the greatest points mm-hmm. ever out there. It's like, well, okay, yep. you know, <laughs> well, you know, and, and it, it, it not just that point, but also the yep. you know what hunting does to help the land and everything. But that's like, oh, for sure. They'll never see that though, because they're so no. they're so kind of you know already they convinced get themselves. Past, they can't right. get past the kill. Yeah, yep. They cannot get past the kill. They think nature nature without humans is perfect, right? You know, well, and, no, and, 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 and like rainbows and butterflies and well, no, sure, sure. You know, they they have and, no and, idea that the the the, the uh, you know the like the you know African safari exists where there right. are there's a <laughs> you know there's lions. Eating right. everything down, you know, and then each thing right. eating, you know. I mean, there's, it's just, uh, and we're just, hu- well, we're, hu- we're animals, we're humans, right? Well, no, and, and, and actually, you know, they, they, they do have a point, and then this is the only thing I'll ever agree with those idiots on is, you know, the, yeah, I mean, nature could sustain itself without humans, but but that that's the key. Okay, we we have to take humans out of the picture. Well, we have to though. stop. We, no, you, you can't. It's not going to happen. No, you, but I'm saying, I'm to... saying, how sure are you that nature could sustain itself without humans? Well, I, 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 I just I mean, because uh, think I about mean, it. You know, right. we may actually be the most important part of the well, ecosystem on the planet. Well, right, but th- think about know. this. Think about this. You know, even with humans, even with humans. Okay, Let, let's talk about what's going on right now in Valverde and Sutton County in Texas. Anthrax. Yeah, All right. Anthrax has broken out down there. Unfortunately, it's just a horrible thing. I don't have the numbers, but this one isn't a good one. It's killed a lot of deer, which of course is going to affect a lot of ranchers, which is going to affect a lot of small towns. It's a bad thing. That's not something, obviously, that was introduced by hunting. You know, that's just a natural. That's just a natural thing that, that wipes out droves of them. Um, you know, so I, I think nature. But the hunters can act fine. to control it. They can, you know, if we go out there and. Well, there's not much they can do to control anthrax, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, you never, but you never know. See, that's the thing. People, people can't make blatant statements that uh, you know, you know, you take one thing out of the ecosystem and things will be better. Or, right. you know, you say this one thing doesn't affect a certain thing. Right. It may. It certainly may. You just don't know how it does. You know? Well, and, and on the other side, you know, with, with the antis, you know, the, the snow goose, okay? The snow goose is, a, is a, an incredible conservation story because the snow goose was basically wiped out, you know, in the early teens to commercial hunting and all that kind of stuff, which kind of blows my mind because goose meat's horrible. It's, I mean, you know, I'll eat it, but uh, it's got to have a lot of – it's got to be blood anyway. Um, so the, the, you know, the snow goose again was, was basically wiped out. Well, then DU, Delta waterfowl, those guys came in, saved them. Right. And now the snow goose is so overpopulated. It's literally <laughs> eating itself out of house and home and it's killing other species. It's a domino effect. Um, and I got the past like 20 years or so. Now they've got these snow goose conservation uh, seasons in where the, the season's extended. You can at least electronic calls, I mean, God, they're they're at the point of you know this this is a real problem. Yeah, um, I mean they become pests, right? I mean, you yeah, gotta... yeah, and and then and then you're going to get diseases and all that kind of stuff, and then guess what? Boom, goodbye, snow goose. Yeah. Well, bottom line, I think that uh, the whole 
issue there is just uh, kind of ignorance, probably on a lot of different sides, you know, oh, sure. where people yeah. people comment on things that they don't they don't know about. You know, it, it, that's just human nature, basically, and unfortunately, well, it, it yeah. hurts. It can, it can hurt uh, young, impressionable hunters. I agree. You know, I agree. Right and and I, I think one point to always point out to your kids is that everybody's a freaking tough guy behind a monitor. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. For sure. If you if you approach me in the streets, I'm going to tell you the exact same thing in the exact same tone as I am right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but whereas you got some of these other idiots, um, you know, they're not they're not this. Uh, they they don't like face to face conversation. I mean, my God, in the next fifty years, are people actually going to talk to each other? Right, right. <laughs> I know. That's another story. Uh, so this, yeah, this this world is turning into uh, to six and a half year old six point coals. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, so the the second to last one here, uh, we probably don't have to spend too much time on this because we kind of kind of talked about this one earlier. It was uh, just that families don't hunt, right. and what they're saying is uh, you know less than four percent of the population hunted in twenty sixteen. Right. Uh, that of course by that necessarily means that most kids growing up just aren't ex- ever exposed to hunting at all. So right. I think that the bottom line here is, you know, kind of what we've always talked about is, you know, if you're a hunter, we don't have to tell you twice that, you know, in- introduce your kids to it. But yeah. there's the other aspect of, Hey, you know, if they have friends, you know, oh, yeah. and, you know, encourage them to come along, you know, and maybe yep. you can kind of touch, you know, in- you know, get, their friend interested and then they you know it becomes like a uh you know a good virus if you will though for sure <laughs> you know people you know more and more people want to kind of get interested in it and oh there's there's no doubt yeah. there's no doubt i mean it take the taking the time to introduce you know to getting your kids to you know and, and, and that that's the thing is even if your kids don't hunt okay like you know, for example i i know a lot of my my father's friends whose children don't currently hunt okay but they understand hunting Mm-hmm. And and they support hunting because they used to hunt, okay. Um, and and that's that that's that's extremely important. And God willing, when they have children, you know, maybe they'll be in a position where they can have their kids hunt, you know. Um, but if not, at least again, you can spread the correct information about hunting and, and the lifestyle that is hunting, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last sentence on this section was basically saying, you know, the importance of giving kids even if they don't continue giving them the knowledge and experience to come back to hunting later in life. Right. You know, yep. so just to keep it going, you know, and then, then the last one here is, uh, is, is interesting. It makes sense on a, on a certain level. doesn't apply to me at all, but <laughs> it's called uh, antler envy. Uh, it talks about how, you know, especially now with social media and all the, right. everything you can read online or watch on, you know, these shows on, the, on TV or YouTube or whatever, how oh, we're going for the the trophy buck, you know, and they yeah. always get these like huge, you know, antlered bucks and all this type of stuff. Right. Where, you know, in reality, that's more rare than you know just hunting to manage the population or whatever, you right. know, man- taking does or taking management bucks or coal, right. you know, coals and this type of thing. Sure. Uh, sure. Where it's it goes a lot. It's really touching on you know it's. Uh, you know that's that's cool to watch and cool to see, but uh, hunting is so much more than just going after antlers. That's basically oh, the point here, and, and we have to be sure to t- teach the young hunter or the new hunter and the new hunter, you know, new or and young, right? That that uh, you know, 
it's it's more than getting that trophy, although that is awesome, you know. Oh, for sure. So for sure, for sure. I, you know, I, obviously I say it doesn't apply to me because I actually love coal hunting. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's more what I like to do than anything, you yeah. know. So oh, yeah. I like the more unique, the better for me. Right. You know, to be. Right. That's my trophy. So. Well, and, and again, that, that starts out from the beginning. You know, something that I've always talked to my hunters about, people that I've trained to hunt, um, and then obviously the children is that, um, and, 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 and I, I take the time to do it. You know, we're at Rancho Bandito and we've got a, you know, we've got a doe and then we've got maybe a real nice management buck. Okay. That's got, you know, his 10 points and his, you know, 180 pounds is, is I, um, I'll, I'll take the kids aside. It's okay. Listen, you know, because naturally I'm not going to be cleaning animals and be sitting there with a drink and a cigar, but I'll say, listen, you know, Hey, what are the difference between these two animals? You know? Uh, and then, of course, they're all, they're, the, the, the kids will always be, or, or the, the, the folks that I'm training really will say, wow, they're always fixated on the antlers. I'm like, yeah, there really isn't a difference. All right, both of these animals were extremely important to take out of the herd, and here's the reason why. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the, the other thing about, you know, big antlers and all that kind of thing is that if you're, you know, if, if all, the, if all the, the stars align, all right, you've got good genetics, you've had a good, you know, good year, good range conditions, good supplemental feeding program. Um, you know, you, you've taken the right deer out there. You're, you're real, you're a real steward of the land. Those big antlers are just going to happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that's a real, real, a real cool thing. And it, it's, it's kind of a reward, you know, you know, you're, you're rewarded, uh, because you're, you're seeing all your, your hard work kind of come to fruition. You know, when you, when you take down that seven and a half year old, you know, gnarly pot bellied floppy eared buck, that's, that's got 12 points, you know, and, um, th- then, then it really becomes more than just the antlers, you know, it becomes a whole, a whole, becomes a whole story, you know? Uh, and I, I think that's, that's super important. I mean, not to mention the meat. I mean, that's one of the things that really have been talked about mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, is, is the whole table fare of venison and uh, how healthy it is for you. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, how, how, how cool it is to prepare it. You know, I, I think, you know, you're seeing a lot of these, you know, people don't have time to prepare stuff. And, and um, you know, that's uh, you know, having fresh venison is a, is, a real, is a real bonus these days. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of, I actually think I have my last, last uh, bundle of backstrap. Oh, wow. Thawing in the fridge right now. So wow. uh, deer season needs to get here. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. Well, funny enough, I was digging through my um, – uh, digging through my deep freeze and you know i'm not not exactly a short guy but my my deep freeze is it's like it's like the it's like the the coat closet and uh you know what's that narnia movie and it just keeps going uh, the wardrobe or yeah wardrobe. the like the witch the wardrobe great movie yeah. by the way um <laughs> don't say the book was better at home. i was <laughs> through this microphone uh but no, but it, it's funny, and I reached down to the bottom. I'm like, oh, my God. First of all, there's some dog food down there, which I have no idea how that got there. <laughs> and then I found about 10, 10 tubes of venison. Oh, nice. Tight and test because nice. we were uh, – oh, we were basically done. Yeah, I'm down to like four maybe. Something oh, like that. Well, it's, it's, it's coming, son. It's coming. So. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Well, that's a good place to stop, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a great article. I mean, we do more of those. Yeah, uh, I, agree. I agree. Yeah, and, and again, for all of those who are listening, you, know, you agree with us, you disagree with us. Let's have a conversation about it. You know, again, we we um, you know, we record these podcasts, you know, to to talk to people, to inspire people. 
you know, but it's also to, 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 you know, to get other opinions, you know, again, you know, as kind of like we're going back to the whole baiting and hyphens thing, you know, we, we need to be together, not separated, but that doesn't mean we can't have, you know, relatively civil conversations, you know, um, it's important to, to banter back and forth, you know, about this kind of stuff. So, um, ultimately with the end goal of, of getting every human being we know interested in hunting and appreciating it. That's right. Amen, brother. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, awesome. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, leave it at that and, uh, sign off for the, for the, uh, for this podcast and, uh, stay tuned. We got some, uh, some cool stuff coming up. Like we mentioned, of course, deer seasons, uh, right around the corner, duck yes. right around the corner. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a little teal in the middle there somewhere. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, so yeah, we're we're we'll uh, we'll be excited to talk more and more about all this stuff and uh, hopefully entertain all you folks out there. So stay tuned. So uh, with that, we'll sign off and everyone out there have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit podcast. Just a reminder to text the word Bandit to three four five three four five. And when you do, you'll join our email list where we'll send killer deals on innovative hunting products and services along with entertaining tips and tricks straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss out. So again, text the word BANDIT to 345-345 and we look forward to seeing you on the hunt. Until next time, have a good one and remember to support your local feed store.